welcome Pudding People to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Reviews. I am your host, Ken Seymour. As always, back and excited for another movie review. This time we're going to go a little retro with something that's already 10 years old, hard to believe. We're going to be talking about the movie Red from 2010. Now, just like always, we will begin with a little brief synopsis of whether I think the movie should be seen in theaters, which obviously is not exactly possible now, whether it's something that you should have waited for on streaming, or whether it's something to have on Blu-ray, or if you should just kind of ignore it. And then we'll go into the more spoiler-heavy section where we will dissect the film into multiple uh, segments. Chewable bites. Good stuff. You know, we'll talk about the cast, we'll talk about the director, we'll talk about costuming and props, we'll talk about location, we will talk about cinematography, and we will talk about plot and writing. All of that will add together to a total that could be up to 100 points, just like we used to get in school. Yay. Okay, so just just to kind of give a, a brief synopsis here, uh, obviously this film's been out for a while. I did not get to see it in the theaters. I remember seeing the commercials for it, and it intrigued me, and I really wanted to go see it, and I never got the opportunity. So I finally made my way uh, a while back to watch this film and write down my thoughts on it. Um, if I if I had my druthers, would I have gone to see it in the theaters? Eh, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. I probably would have. But I think most people, this is one of those things you want to wait for on a streaming service anyway. Have it on Blu-ray. Uh, Definitely worth a watch at that level. Um, not something uh, that I think should be missed if you're a fan of action or a fan of the particular participants within this uh, film. But yeah, it's, it's well made. I liked it. Um, now into the more spoiler-heavy section. Um, first of all, this uh, comic, or I should say this movie, was based on a comic that uh, that was uh, made by the studio uh, Homage, which was an imprint of Wildstorm. Uh, so it was an adaptation, and uh, it was not exactly a comic I was super familiar with, but uh, it was an interesting, uh, interesting flip through. When I did have a chance to flip through it, I, uh, I you know, one of those things where you, you have to make your choices, and it just didn't quite make the cut uh, with the, the finances at the time. But this film uh, was directed by Robert Schwentke. Um, Robert has a a decent. Uh, grouping of different projects that he's been involved with, especially prior to this one. He, uh, he did The Time Traveler's Wife, which was uh, well-received. Uh, but then, of course, after this, he did R.I.P.D., which was not well-received. So it's just kind of, uh, it kind of depends. Uh, everybody's going to have some hits and some misses. Um, I was not particularly well-versed with this particular director before seeing the film. And even after, I'm, I'm still... Not not all that familiar, so I kind of had uh, no expectation going into it. Um, but just judging from some of the choices that were made, I think that it was intended by the creators to keep that comic book feel. And when I say comic book, I'm not talking about you know tights and superpowers, but still that kind of um, not quite realism. Uh, that that you can get out of a comic book a lot of times that doesn't exist really anywhere else, um, or at least it didn't for a long time. Um, and so I think that's that's good. I don't know if everything really 
really translated. It, something felt like it didn't quite gel, and it's hard for me to put my finger on because I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure exactly where that is, um, whether it was with the editing or whether it was with the, the script itself or, or the integration of everything. It just something felt slightly off, you know, just, you know, behind uh, the eyelids. You know, I can't, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, but that could also have been that I'm just strange. There there might be absolutely nothing wrong, but a, a, a fully passable job in terms of director. Um, I will give him an arbitrary uh, 14 out of 20 on that one. But moving on to really the strength of this film, and that's the casting. I mean, it's, if you are a fan of um, a fan of some really strong actors all being together in a, in a common film, I love I love when projects can get a lot of the people that I enjoy seeing their work all together at the same time, especially when you can do it in the right um, percentages. I mean, some films like an Avengers something where you're getting everybody into it. it it's it's there and it's important, but you want you want to have everybody have a, a chance to shine within the uh, within the production. And so sometimes you want to keep it manageable, even with uh, something like a, an Ocean's Eleven, where you've got a lot of, lot of talent, uh, it still kind of revolves heavily around a handful of individuals. And that's kind of what this does. This has a, a handful of really high star power individuals in it with uh, Bruce Willis and, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, Morgan Freeman and uh, Carl Urban, who I will watch in anything. Uh, I love that guy in pretty much anything that he's ever done. Um, you, I mean, there's there's really there's really no um, there's really no weak part. Um, I mean, even you got John Malkovich, who is just fantastic. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to see. Uh, John Malkovich and enough stuff. Just go out and and look. You'll you you you'll trip over <laughs> movies because he's been in so many. Um, but I mean, and then to have um, to have Helen Mirren kind of fill out that that four the four big names that are that are all kind of the the protagonists in the film is is really kind of fun. Having Brian Cox in it was uh, was a great thing. If you're uh, a fan of the Bourne movies, uh, you'll easily recognize him from that. But he's been in so much more. Um, Ernest Borgnine to to see him in that was just a little treat. Um, uh, I mean, it's it's just solid. Richard Dreyfus. Um, you don't get to see him in a bad guy role all that often. So seeing him be able to kind of kind of go. Uh, against type just a little bit is, is fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there's really no downside on this casting. And I think, like I said, the balancing of having everybody have a chance to really shine within the movie was done really well and choosing who was in it that they could not have done better. Now, again, this is going from memory to a certain extent from the little bit of, um, the little bit of uh, flipping through the original comic that I did, um, so it's uh, there's a good chance that my memory is uh, off just a smidge. But from what I remember, it seems like that they couldn't have made better choices for for the characters that they put in there. So I got to give that one easily, just from sheer star power and talent and everything, an eighteen out of twenty on that one. 
um, going on to costuming and props. Now, this is kind of a, normally a movie that I wouldn't want to give a whole lot of points to costuming and props on just because it, it's sort of spy drama, but there's not there's not a lot of stuff in there that's going to require amazing costuming. However, with the John uh, Malkovich character in there being uh, slightly uh, nutty, uh, <laughs> there there are some interesting costumes that he gets to uh, go uh, a little a little off the wall for, and and the and the normal garb that they've got is is pretty good. Uh, there are no real MacGuffins to speak of. I mean, the the firearms looked like the firearms. I did like the mounted machine gun that was pretty slick. Um, it's always kind of a nice thing, but all in all, there wasn't anything that just stood out on that. So I just got to give that a solid eight out of 10. I mean, there's, there was really nothing major that I saw that was a huge flaw, uh, flaw or nothing that really stood out either. Um, location. This is, this is, um, this is a film that moves around quite a lot. So there are a lot of different locations, sound stages that they go. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious how many practical locations they had and how much of it was uh, uh, on a sound stage because it they had a lot of uh, they had a lot of different places that they needed to create and go through. Almost too much to really get um, a solid sense of where you are, and you're constantly moving around, and it. It, it was maybe one of the, the weaknesses of the film, I felt. It was just constantly going from point A to point B to point C to point D. You never get a chance to get your bearings, which may have been on purpose, but I don't think really served anything. Uh, maybe they felt that they were um, they had a timetable where they had to get everything in there just to keep under the, the minimum uh, amount that they wanted to put forward in a movie. But for whatever reason, the feeling that I got out of it was just, it was a little rush from place to place. And none of the places were bad, but none of them, again, with maybe the exception of uh, the the bad guy. It's not even a bad guy lair. It's just his nice house with a safe room uh, that Richard Dreyfuss' character is in. It's, it's kind of neat, sort of, but there's uh, nothing, even the uh, CIA... Um, headquarters not all that impressive now in one respect i kind of liked that on the cia headquarters because it looks essentially like an office building rather than top secret super awesome defenses everywhere no it's it's the cia they're they're not expecting people to uh, bring in a, an army against them so that's a, that's a kind of a different feel than like you're going to be looking at a, a mission impossible sort of a thing so that part was, I think, downplayed well, but everything else was also almost equally unimpressive. Um, it was just very plain. So I got to give that a, a 7 out of 10. Now, as far as the cinematography goes, very solid. I mean, you're going to have an action-oriented film like this. There's a lot of great camera work. Uh, the angles that they get are really, really solid. Uh, nothing is cramped. Uh, uh, they don't do the shaky cam thing with the fights. Everything is pretty clear, even when uh, Carl Urban and Bruce Willis are uh, are, are going at it. Uh, any instances where a stunt double might be used, I think, is covered very well. Um, and I think that it's very easy to follow all the action scenes, even though some of them, which we'll get to, are kind of uh, odd. Um and they do some really good editing, good cuts to try and maintain some sort of surprise. 
uh, throughout the film. I thought they did uh, above uh, above average on that for sure. So um, good effect, you know, good effects, not amazing effects, but good effects. Uh, I got to give them a, a 17 out of 20 on that. Now the plot and the writing, um, it's hard to have. Um, it's hard to have a kind of a, a spy story like this be something that resonates and feels real a lot of the times. I mean, it's it almost goes into the realm of high fantasy in the sense that it's not something that is relatable. Um, you, you know, you're watching Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, there are no dwarves, no dragons, so it's all in the mind and all in the fantasy. Same kind of thing sometimes in some of these spy things that they take it to a level where it's just not something that the average person can directly relate to. So it it becomes slightly disconnected. All of the connection has to be through the character development and through the actual, uh, the plot, uh, the inner, the interconnectedness of everybody and what they're trying to do rather than how they're trying to do it and what little gadgets and whatever they're going to be using. Now, um, this film, I think for the most part, does a pretty good job of staying mostly grounded in sort of realism. Um, It seems they take a situation that could be sort of plausible and then take it to an extreme, which is perfect for a movie. I think that, I think that works pretty well. Um, However, there are a few instances that it just seems to be, it's one of those things where it strains uh, credulity a little bit credulity. This is one of those instances where my tongue attempts to hop out of my mouth and make it impossible for me to speak. But some of it is just breaking what seems like the laws of physics. A good example of that is the instance where uh, John Malkovich's character ends up shooting the head of a rocket coming out of a rocket uh, launcher uh, handheld rocket launcher. I think even Mythbusters tackled this one at one point as just showing that is there's there's no way there's no way that it would work the way that they uh, provided it. It is complete fantasy, which I think for most people is not such a big deal because you're not going to be thinking about the the physics of it. But some stuff like that, the the amount of distance that they were divided by, it just it. In terms of dramatic presentation, it was effective. But in terms of my brain not wanting to accept it as they were not far enough away from each other for it to work like that, uh, even even that that's what my brain said without even looking at how likely would it be to be able to fire and hit the head of a rocket. And would the rocket actually react like that? And would the explosion occur like that? It just, that that takes me out of the moment personally. Um, but it's, it's not just that some of the other things that they did just seems to be, seems to be odd. Um, like the, the, the way that the security was handled in the, in the dinner for the vice president towards the end of the film seemed a little light, seemed a little unlikely, even as trained super, uh, agents that they were, that they would be able to infiltrate the way that they did. It just, it doesn't, doesn't seem to match. Um, 
So again, these are small nitpicky things for the most part. It's it's nothing major. So long as you can check out logic at the door and just kind of roll with it, there's a lot of good interplay uh, between a lot of the characters. Now, uh, one kind of exception in that, um, even if you're not looking at the science of anything or looking at the likelihood, just the way that uh, Bruce Willis and Mary Louise Parker's characters kind of interplay and he kidnaps her, basically. It's it's a little... It could rub people the wrong way, I guess, is, is where I'm going. It seems a little... Um, misogynistic isn't the right word because that's that's not accurate but it seems just uh at least i don't think it is it seems like it could be you know the strong guy just takes the the woman against her will to keep her safe because he cares for her and now she's a target but i mean she's in duct tape uh over the mouth as he's taking her from state to state and and then they play it into she um she uh, ends up liking him back by the end of it, and they're a couple. Now, I mean, as Stockholm Syndrome is a thing, um, and this isn't exactly that, but it's just the way it's presented is a little, a little odd. Um, didn't sit exactly right for me. Um, it's, it's again a. a, a could be considered a minor thing, but um, I I don't know if that's maybe the the, the direction that I would have gone. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, it's it's got some odd points, but the action is super solid. The dialogue is pretty good. The characters are established well enough. Uh, they they're given some decent background. There's not a lot of logical character. De- uh, the development past that or, or character progressing uh, through the film. But again, it's a limited amount of time, so there's not a lot of time for those changes. And it's not a character-driven film. It's a plot-driven film, um, at least from what I can see. Basically, the upshot is it's a solid it's a solid script with some kind of odd notes to it that, that if maybe some of those were a little different, I, I would rate it even higher. But as it is, I think it's still pretty good with a 16 out of 20. When you add that all together, that gives us a grand total of 80 out of 100. That puts it in solid B- territory for me. Definitely rewatchable. Uh, definitely something that I think is, is worth having, even if, uh, even if you... Uh, uh, aren't a comic book fan because it doesn't feel like a comic book movie. Um, but all in all, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But what did you think? Let us know. We have on our website, www.everybodylovespudding.com, we have forums. You can leave your reviews, your comments, whatever you uh, think about any particular movie, even if it's not one that we covered. We are also on social media. We are at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter, and we are at Pudding Guys on Facebook and Instagram. And you can even find us on Patreon. Uh, we are at Pudding Guys, unsurprisingly. And for just $1 per month, you can help support us as we create new content, new movie reviews, as well as getting uh, new information to you in the form of top 10 lists or interviews with really interesting people or just talking about the subjects of the day that relate to pop culture. As always, we very much appreciate your support. But until next time, keep watching movies and overanalyzing just like me. 